everybody. Welcome to our podcast. We are now on part two. And now where were we? Sustainable living. Okay. So you moved here from Hong Kong and you're living in a small part of Taiwan called Miaoli where you built your own house and you have your own farm, basically your own land where you build crops and you, you eat off your land. What do you think sustainable living is, Cheryl? I'm going to ask you first. Me? Okay, so yeah. I will start with thinking that you live off the land and you, you know, eat what you grow. So basically having animals, you kill the animals yourself and use everything from the animal. And then you also grow your own crops, which is like vegetables or fruit. And then you also have a sustainable house, which is maybe it could be a long drop toilet, have your home built from reusable things like tires. I don't know. There's something called earth ships. I just want to let you know, I dated somebody. This is where I'm getting all of this from. I dated somebody and now I'm very close friends with his sister-in-law and they live sustainably they built their home out of old tires and sand and they live oh. off the land this is the one i told you about her kids are all homeschooled she ha- she i knew her in high school she married the brother and um you know they kill their own animals that for me is a little bit too much because i'm an animal lover and like Very south do- african yes <laughs> yeah. and they use everything so they kill their rabbits they use the fur to make something out of it and yeah her kids live off the land they grow their vegetables i sometimes see her children collecting the eggs they have quailed eggs they have chicken eggs and i think it's a great way of living is this the couple that the the girl um whenever she's pregnant she never goes to the doctor for yes. scans yes she just finds out she's pregnant and does everything at home and yes. then just gives birth yes that's her she had all three babies she's got four kids the first one was born in a hospital all other three have been born in her farmhouse i'm like girl i, I don't know how That's you crazy. did it because yeah i was like give me drugs give me everything when i was yeah. in labor so oh that's God. what i think sustainable living is they do aquaponics i don't know if you know what aquaponics are cat but you, no. sh- you you probably do know wiener and it's amazing i think it's great if you can dedicate that much time to doing it and i would love to do that i just i don't know i don't know how i would feel about killing my own animals though so where do they live they live in south africa they live on a farm in south africa just outside of cape town it's like a three-hour drive that's amazing so what is sustainable living to you and what how would you explain (laughs) (laughs) well it can be the whole shebang (laughs) yeah that is the whole shebang Yeah, I think in general, being more aware of our lifestyle choices and trying to reduce our carbon footprint where possible, Mm. right? Everything can start small. It doesn't have to be all the way out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And when it's too big and unachievable, end up doing nothing. So I think it can be like small little steps. Every little helps. What did you do to get started? Well, so, um, uh, you know, it's a small place. It's an island, mostly. Well, there are some mainland as well. But most, almost all of the fruits and vegetables are imported. So there's a lot of high, um, carbon footprint, right? Mm. Plus, we were always annoyed that, you know, how expensive herbs are. And every time mm. each recipe just calls for a little bit of it. And then you have to throw the rest away. So for many years in Hong Kong, we would grow our like we will grow herbs, basil for pesto, rosemary for steak, et cetera, et cetera. 
um, and also have some vegetables as well, like the easy ones, tomato, cucumber, carrot, etc. We even had a worm farm where we recycled our kitchen scraps to make our own fertilizer for the garden. So we did that um, when we were in Hong Kong. And part of my Buddhist group, um, we always talk about oneness of self and environment, where when we change, our environment changes. In other words, all of us have this power to make a difference. And yeah. there's also various exhibitions that are hosted by the Buddhist group to raise awareness on sustainable living. So the concept has always been at the back of my mind. Oh. Um, yeah. So you saw an opportunity and you you and Jeff ran with it. You were like, okay, let's yeah. quit this stressful life. Um, would you say it's, it? Uh, what do they call it? Um, off grid. Mm. I wouldn't say it's completely off grid, right? Yeah. So, so for us now, we are not fully off grid for sure. We harvest mm -hmm. our own rainwater for daily use. So shower, washing and all of that. Um, for drinking water, we use the local spring water. Oh. Um, that's where that has spring water. We just have to go collect it. And we also oh. recycle our grey water, meaning yeah. water from our kitchen sink, shower, um, and we use a compost toilet. Yeah. And apart from that, we still rely on the uh, grid for electricity. We buy gas tanks to heat up our water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so not fully off grid for sure. Um, for those who don't know what a compost toilet is, can you explain that more? Sure. So basically, instead of, um, so when you use the toilet, instead of everything goes to like a regional sewage to handle it, we are basically using our own waste as fertilizers. So we will process it into fertilizers for our plants mm. yeah. and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. very good because every time we flush the toilet we are actually using five liters of water yes so imagine how many times we flush the toilet every day when we go pee yeah business so you say you just water. don't think people yeah. just don't think do they they don't know how wasteful they are yeah, yeah. you don't I realize the problem it. nowadays is that everything is so easily accessible Mm -hmm, food mm -hmm. vegetables like last year i had a friend visiting from us and she for the first time saw how cabbages grow she's like oh my god cabbages are like individual trees one cabbage <laughs> like a little plant and then another oh, she's like and i have much more respect for them <laughs> <laughs> what did she think they were how they grew one leaf like at a time <laughs> that's really funny um okay so if you live this sustainable life, how do you think that's going to be as a new mum? Because oh. being a new mum has its own struggles, right? Um, and right now, I'm not using lots of diapers because um, my baby has quite a bad rash. So I mm. have to air his bum. Mm -hmm. So we keep like a diaper underneath him in case he poops or whatever. But once he poos, we wash him in the yeah. sink mm -hmm. and then pat him down with like cotton um but that's a lot of diapers for people to get through like it's and wipes and um so i don't use baby wipes at all because he's got really sensitive skin so you're gonna maybe need wipes. cotton wool to wipe him yeah, yeah we use cotton wool or we just literally take him to the sink and put his butt under the tap uh, warm the water wash him and then just dab him with cotton so we haven't had to use wipes but mm. if i did 
the amount would have been a lot already. And he's what he was born on Friday, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. He's five days old, and I just think of that waste. So I'm really interested. We did have a slight conversation over brunch once. What some of the things you're going to do, but if you could tell us like some of the things you and Jeff spoke about, um, how you're going to continue whilst you have a newborn. Sure, we haven't mm -hmm. started, but we do want to try um, cloth diapering. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so instead of using disposable diapers, which adds up to a lot of diapers, um, yeah. we plan to use cloth diapers. So that was the first thing that I bought for our baby. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but let's see, don't know how, it takes a lot of water. We, we harvest our own rainwater so there are limited resources so we do have to like do a trial and error to yeah. see how it goes and all but I'm quite excited um to try that out and hopefully it will work out well for mm. us yeah yeah I'm looking at getting some cloth diapers also just because I think they're going to be gentler on his bum yes instead of the the, the other diapers because he has really really sensitive skin i can send um, you a website they have these cloth diapers made from a certain type of cotton that is really good for baby's bum but what i like about the new cloth diapers is that there's like a, a insert piece that you can actually take out i don't know if you have those ones we know that yeah, you can you like can just wash that so it's not that you're doing all of these like huge pieces of diaper that you wash and you just take that throw the poop away give that a scrub and then you know give it a good wash and just hang those up and then just insert it into the cloth diaper I think that's really cool because yeah, you know that's good the other ones used to be like the whole big piece of cloth diaper and you'd have to buy hundreds of those and then wash them I, I wouldn't be able mm. to do that that's stressful yeah. and they're very cute as well you get different yeah, they have cute yeah. designs. They are, yeah, they are so cute. They are quite chunky though. Yes, I was about to say I, want, I I wanted to mention that, but I thought no, Cheryl, don't mention that. They're very chunky compared to a normal diaper. Like Which I saw, it's almost like clothes. <laughs> yeah, one of right? my one of our colleagues, he's just started working with us. He showed me a picture of his daughter, and she's just wearing a diaper. And I was like, oh, is that a is that a reusable one? He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's very bulky. Her bum looks. She got a juicy bum on her. She was like, yeah, yeah, it's just diaper. <laughs> I'm like, oh. very bulky. I'm interested to know, since you started living sustainably, have you and Jeff seen a difference in your house? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think with, like, we are eating much healthier now, right? We don't really eat out as much anymore, and we mm -hmm. don't eat that much uh, processed food. It's very satisfying to be able to, really grow the food on your plate. Um, of course, we do still eat out um, and all of that, but mm -hmm. it's quite comforting like day to day, most part of the week to know where our food is coming from and knowing that we are actually reducing carbon footprint and reducing the plastic packaging waste that unfortunately comes with a lot of uh, store-bought product or if you take yeah. away from a restaurant, etc. Yes. And we also feel more connected to the earth in a way yeah. because, um, yeah, it's like doing all these works with our hands. Like I always have dirt on, on my hand. <laughs> um, in a way, it's kind of giving back to 
to the earth in our small way by yeah. not by doing composting and not tilling the ground we are actually helping store carbon from the atmosphere um that is harmful and then putting it back in the earth where it yeah. is useful right i think so, that's amazing you must have been really shocked like well not shocked because you've been in asia for a long time and so has jeff but when you come to taiwan especially japan everything is wrapped in plastic and sometimes it's triply wrapped and i it all seems so unnecessary i don't understand why they'll wrap an apple in plastic and then put it in another plastic bag it mm. just doesn't make sense like a lot of people now in england will take baskets or paper bags mm. and they'll collect their own vegetables or use like my mum has refillable uh, coffee glasses that you can just take and they refill the glasses and things but yeah. I feel like in Taiwan they're a bit maybe Asia's a bit more behind with that kind of thing straws yes everyone straws. loves their drinks mm-hmm, the bubble tea but they've but they've tried mm-hmm. to stop the straws right but now I feel like they're not very good at it because it's I don't know if you saw something like this the other day someone posted they were like I got a paper straw that falls apart within seconds but I got my drink in a plastic cup and I was like oh my gosh they're trying to yeah. save but they're still doing it a little bit wrong I'm like okay yeah I know so they're trying but they're still offering it whereas the 7-elevens at one stage were saying oh we're not giving out plastic straws anymore so you just mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but now suddenly again they've been asking if I would like a straw and I'm like but I thought you guys stopped doing that it's very odd different I think it's different um branches um, but living off the land and harvesting your own food and growing your own food, that requires a lot of energy and time. And I, it's not, you know, when people say, oh, yeah, I live off my own food, you think, oh, you just go in the garden, pick a couple of carrots, make yourself a dinner. But it's got to be quite hard and time consuming, right? Yes, it can be. Like there are some things that are easier. Well, I say easier. So like, cabbages as I try you can just pick it broccoli cauliflower wash it Mm -hmm. obviously we don't use pesticides Mm -hmm. and all so that's a lot of uh, caterpillars Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. first of all sometimes let's say we plant 10 cabbages maybe five survive if we are lucky right and then when we do pick it uh, when you wash it you'll notice like caterpillars (laughs) so you have Mm -hmm. to clean it well Um, Yeah. yeah so in that sense and then also things like peanuts like my husband's family loves peanuts we've tried to grow it many times not every time is successful and it's quite tedious i'm surprised how cheap peanuts uh-huh. are it's quite tedious oh wow you know why underground right yeah 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 so like it's very sandy and all you have to wash it dry wow. it yeah maybe yeah yeah steam it or something it's quite a lot of processing work and then even when you're planting it um, it's not just putting in the peanuts Uh, after a few weeks you need to like put up the sand to mount as a mount so that it packs Mm. and there are more peanuts or actually Mm. one year we didn't do that and there were no peanuts peanuts. oh my gosh who knew that's that hard to grow yeah, that's also like pests or like in our case for peanuts, it's moonjacks. Have you heard of moonjacks? No. no. We put a fence around it, but somehow they still find their way. What are moonjacks? What's a moonjack? They are little deers, <laughs> kind of like a little deer, <laughs> and it barks. 
cats. <laughs> it barks like a dog. Oh my gosh. More What's that? annoying than a dog? <laughs> What's it called? It's a like... moon jack. Yeah, moon, moon jacks. Jack. Yeah. Moon jacks. I'm also looking at a moon. I know. I need to see what this is. Google. Oh, oh my God. Do you have those near you? Yeah. We also have a wild bars. So sometimes yeah. when you plant like taro or like corn, when it's young shoots, they love to come and eat it. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, so oh God. I have never seen an animal like this. It's like a deer with really short. It's like a cross between a deer and a goat. Oh, my gosh. It's so it's cute. Small. It's quite small. It's small. Later, yeah, there's all the sound or the bark of a moonjack. It's not so cute. Do we get it here in Taipei, in New Taipei City? Because I've heard <laughs> it's probably that, that I'm like, let me go save one. And it's not even a dog that needs saving. It's just it's trying to get away from Moon me Jack. probably i'm like yeah, let me Cheryl's save this puppy animals she's yeah, like anything on the side of the I road this buck was in taidong oh the first time uh-huh. and i thought oh my god is someone being abused or something because <gasps> yeah. it really sounds like someone screaming for help like a a child <laughs> screaming for help yeah oh it gosh. is like that it's like a <laughs> like a like a, a cross between some sort of bird and a dog so they like Very to eat strange. peanuts. Now I know. Hmm. <laughs> oh, get off my nuts! <laughs> and oh, what about nuts. what about animals? I'm curious about like because you say you you grow everything yourself. Do you have your own animals? And my my friend calls it happy animals. Worms. worms. Okay, because <laughs> she's always worms. like she says to me all the time, "You're eating a happy animal." And then it, I'm like, "Oh, thank you." This she's like this la this sheep or whatever she was like it lived with us and it roamed free it was happy it, and then you know now we're eating it and she's like it's better to eat happy animals than to eat animals from the shop she always tells me like don't buy that you know rather come to the farm and get a piece of like get a chicken or a pheasant or something from us because they're really the real free ranged roaming animals I was like okay I will. I just oh. hope that you will pluck it for me and do all the things that you need to do because I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the site. And I think that's what most people struggle with, right? When it's like dealing with your own animals. I I, I wouldn't be able to do that. But they um, do say that um, she did say to me, like, you need to be able to stomach it because then, then you shouldn't be you don't deserve eating it. I was like, OK, yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah so I'm always like, it's... it's it's hard for me. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I think it's good to have these conversations and just chat more with people and, and let people know, like, there are even the smaller things, just even like veganism, like, just don't eat meat once a week or twice a week and then it, it will help slightly. Yeah. Use reusable bags, use reusable straws, like, just be a bit mindful of yeah. the environment and your carbon footprint because they're, they're just small changes that don't require you to have to put in much effort. You know, just to carry a shopping bag with you is not that difficult, guys. You know, so just making those small changes. Um, I just want to finish the podcast on um, a little section that seems a little bit away from everything we've been talking about. But as expecting mums and new mums and mothers, I think it's just nice to end on a positive note and some things that we've learned over the past year of all of our journeys so far so Cheryl do you want to start like over this last year being a a mum of a three-year-old 
um, what would you say? Because you've had quite a difficult, challenging year in terms of motherhood. Um, what would you say you're ending the year on a good note with? I'm just happy that I have a healthy and very sassy little girl and I'm happy that she is her own person and that I've raised someone that is confident because I was not like that when I, I was confident, but I was not that confident. And I'm happy that I birthed this child that is so positive and mm -hmm. healthy. Like I'm really happy and I've had a bad year with her at school trying to fit in and I've just learned that my child is not someone that's going to fit in and I've come to terms with it and I've got lots of patience. I've learned to have more patience with her. I have learned to just live with it and go with the flow of everything and next year we are going to change her back to her old school because it suited her personality better. It's not because her school isn't a good one. It's because my child is not coping with the regiment of that school so I'm yeah, happy it's that's what yeah. I've learned oh, that's really good Weena how how would you say that you're coming to the end of your your pregnancy and you've gone through this long battle for 10 years how would you say like going into the new year that you're what have you kind of learned from this experience we are excited mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. what we learn is that good things take patience <laughs> yes. yeah anything and, good having is worth waiting for right yeah and also somehow enjoy the journey right mm -hmm. same with building our house it took us one year a lot of details things that we've never done before have no idea what the outcome would be no. um and same with a baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say mine's exactly the same as as, as Weena, really. Like, I, I really feel like just trying to enjoy this journey and not take it as so, like, stressful. Uh, talking of barking, <laughs> Cheryl's dogs. Um, yeah, like, not being stressed by it and um, trying to enjoy the process a little bit more. And I will say being in a mummy hotel has definitely helped because you can you can learn slowly and you can take your time and even now I have time to do a podcast with you guys but if I wasn't in a mummy hotel there'd be no way I would have time to do this right now you know but he's with the nurses and he's not going to come back to me for another couple of hours so I've got some time for myself so if you are someone in Taiwan and it is something that financially you can save for or do I would definitely recommend it and our next podcast we will be discussing the pregnancy and um, the postpartum care and the clinics and we'll go into a bit more if you if if our listeners want to find out more about that um so thank you so much for coming on today and i really hope that anyone listening who's going through ivf feels supported or has a little bit more knowledge or if it is a journey that someone wants to go on they have a bit more knowledge about it and i'm so excited for you i'm so excited for you so and you must definitely let us know yet. when you have your baby i'm so excited yes for you. And then when you come up to Taipei, we all need to like, at some point we all need to meet with our babies. We're going to do a picnic or something. Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.